0: Uh, thank you very much. Now you're clapping in advance. You don't even know what I'm going to talk about. So you're in faith, aren't you? Well, I'm I'm really excited to uh, share with you what the Lord's placed on my heart today. And um, I'll just respond first by saying thank you for um, taking to heart Alive at Last. Um, I've been involved with this organization about six years now, and I've been the executive director um, since the fall. Uh, I was on came on full-time staff about two years ago. Uh, so Alive at Last is a collaborative organization. We're faith-based. you got a spirit-filled executive director at the top. And so what we do is we um, go into shelters, safe houses, and we provide faith-based small groups. I get to pick the curriculum, so that calls out the teacher within. And um, so we, we come and provide faith-based Uh, teachings, programs, it's discipleship in your terms and my terms. And then um, we meet these women right where they are, and then they have to transition. You know, they have an amount of time that's allotted for them to be in those safe houses and shelters. And so certain protocols and things they have to aspire to while they're there. And then we walk alongside them afterward for as long as they need, um, providing resources, additional resources, education, church engagement opportunities, and a one-to-one mentor who has to be Christian, who has to be, openly Christian, to walk alongside them and provide uh, structure and that sort of thing. So you may have had mentorship. We've all had mentorship. You just might not have recognized it before. Um, For you, it may have been a parent. Um, A lot of people don't have good, solid parents that that looked out for their good. Um, It may have been, uh, you know, a a Sunday school teacher or a teacher in the public school system that you knew that mentored you, but... um, Whatever, whatever person was a catalyst in your own life, um, Alive at Last offers that type of one-to-one ministry. So uh, anyway, I could, Gary asked me some, a little bit about it at halftime, and I think we talked a little longer than what he expected. But it's a, it's a great ministry, and thank you for supporting that. I want to get into the Word. I love the Word of God. I like it when John asked me to to preach because it gives me opportunity just to focus. Our house is still a little bit crazy. We had um, some damage from water like some of you did. And uh, so our ceiling is, is still not all, all back to where it needs to be. And there's sheetrock dust in the house, all of that. And it just gave me... A reason to look the other direction and focus and get to study the word and prepare for today. So I'm excited to share with you today. Shall we pray and prepare our hearts? You know, the Lord wants to speak a word to you today. Everybody in here, if you're listening online today, he has a word for you, a specific word. And it may not even sound like my voice. It may be that I'm talking about something specifically and the Lord answers a question you've been carrying around for months or years. He wants to speak a word to you. So let's pray and open our hearts. Are you ready? Father, thank you for the opportunity to come before your word. What an honor it is to hear your word preached and taught, to read your word. I just thank you so much for the opportunity to join together and discuss these amazing principles and uh, things in your word. So we're just grateful and we ask you to speak to us and we welcome you your presence in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you today about keeping the faith. So when we're talking about keeping the faith, you can't keep something that you don't have, right? So keeping the faith. Um, John talks a lot about how to get faith. Faith comes by, you've learned, they get an A. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So if you're thinking, I don't even know if I have faith. Well, you know how to get it. So hearing the word of God, studying the the word yourself, and then really, listen, I didn't write that. Hearing the word preached, that's what that's talking about. Hearing the word preached. Why don't we just send Bibles to the nations? It's so much cheaper than flying over a missionary. Because the word of God comes by hearing. The word must be preached in faith. There are probably a, a number of educated people out there today with all all these letters and degrees behind their name, and they're reading the Bible as literature. Well, it is a wonderful piece of literature, but that's not where the power comes. That's not where faith comes. Faith comes by the word preached. Congratulations that you're sitting here today. There are some of you that I see you every week. Good job. Faith comes by hearing, not by wishing, not by rubbing shoulders with a faith person. You may be married to a faith person. It doesn't make you a faith person. So this is an ownership thing. You keeping the faith. Keeping the faith. Okay, so if I asked you today, where do you live? 531 Maple. You know, we'd hear all kinds of things. Where do you live? I want to challenge that a bit today and tell you that you live in here. Your true location is your spirit. We're going to talk about spiritual things today. I love the practical. I love stuff. A plus B equals C. I like that, but that's not exactly what we're talking about today when we're talking about spiritual things. You know, two plus two can equal eight in the spiritual realm. So I want to just qualify what we're talking about as far as spiritual things today. Would you look with me at 1 Corinthians 2? Locate yourself as we get started talking about faith, because this is an invisible yet very powerful real concept that we're going to discuss today. So Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, what was my verse? Yes, 14, I'm sorry, I didn't have it written here. Thank you, guys, back there. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. What I'm going to talk to you about today, if you are a believer, you can receive it, you can can understand it, because there's a spiritual understanding. If If there was a room full of people that didn't even know God, I would first need to talk to them about salvation they need to first get saved or they will not understand the spiritual things that I'm talking about no matter how clearly I tried to communicate them you see you're going to understand things on a very deep level today if you are a spiritual person now listen Paul is talking in this in this passage he's addressing Corinthians the Corinthian church he's talking to church people listen Just because we attend church doesn't mean we have a spiritual mindset. This is something we have to work on. The natural man or the non-spiritual man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. We are talking about keeping the faith, a spiritual concept. Now, it goes on to say, "Um, those things are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual... Judges all things. And judgment here is not in a negative uh, connotation. It's in examines, questions, discovers, examines all things. You see, everything in your life, whatever situation, circumstance you're in specifically, there is a spiritual root and a spiritual answer. Sometimes we don't like that. We want it to be a, a natural answer. Again, A plus B equals C. But when we're talking about spiritual things, if you'll just let go of that for a minute, and dare to dive into the spiritual things that we're talking about, God will bring clarification in your life and will bring growth. So, what is faith? If we're going to talk about keeping the faith, let's talk about what faith is. So, John speaks to you normally and, and, and uses Hebrews one. Um, faith is, is that it? Hebrews one, eleven one. Hebrews eleven one. Faith is is the substance of things not seen. Um, faith is being sure of what we hope for. Today I want to just nutshell it and, and use it in these terms for, for us today. Faith is trust in God. Trust in God. Trust in what he said. Now, you have to know God to trust him. You do have to know. You don't have to know everything about him. You don't know have, have to know every passage. But you do have to know. It can be one word from God that changes your direction. One word from God doesn't take, you don't have to know the whole Bible, but in order to trust him, you do have to have some key things that you understand about him, that he loves you, some key things that he, that, that is from scripture based on scripture that you know and understand about God. Now, um, oftentimes people say, we're faith people. You know, they might say in a group of Christians, well, you know, we're faith people. Well, faith is really more rare and precious than we recognize. It's not just that everybody has faith. In fact, I'm just gonna—I'm not gonna have these on the screen for you. But if you wanted to jot down a reference, you could. Second Thessalonians three two. Paul said, "Not all have faith." He was talking to the church. Not all have faith. And then Jesus said this: "When I come, will I find faith in the earth?" What would your response? be yes as when you return you you will find at least a measure at least one person with faith but Jesus said that Wow, when I return will I find faith in the earth well he's looking he's coming back for his bride this is very important for us to recognize keeping the faith keeping the faith let's look at 2nd Timothy 4 6 through 8 as you go there uh, another thing I want to remind you is that that uh, Without faith, it's impossible possible to please God. And I'm sure I'm looking out there at a bunch of people. You didn't just walk in here because you had nothing to do. So you want to please God. There's a, there's a desire to know Him and to please Him. And so these are great, great uh, teachings for us today, Second Timothy 4, 6 through 8. Paul said this, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. He's not talking about his flight departure. He's talking about dying. I want you to notice the resilience, the strength as he's facing death. Let it be said of us when the time comes. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Excuse me. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Excuse me again. So I want to look at a couple of things here. First of all, Paul is really strong at his, his end. You know, he he's lived a life of a hero, a spiritual hero. Not easy, but one of those that John mentioned earlier, a world changer, someone who actually changes the world. And so, he's ready, actually. He's not, you don't hear a whine in his voice, do you? It's time for me to go. I'm going to miss y'all. No, he says, it's time for me to go, but I have fought the good fight. Alright, so let's talk about that. What is the good fight that he's talking about? And he WWF people out there? Got any, any of you guys? Okay, well, what is a good fight? First of all, the good fight that Paul's talking about is the fight of faith. In fact, in another place, in 1 Timothy 2.12, Paul says, Fight the good fight of faith. So the good fight is a fight of faith. To fight a fight without faith involved, it might not end well. You know, in these wrestling championships, um, we would say that they, they agree the good fight is the fight you win. And they're fighting for a prize, the big pizza-sized belt buckle. Is it a belt buckle? <laughs> the, the big belt buckle, right? So that, that's what they're—I don't think it's really a belt buckle. but um, So I fought the good fight. Paul's saying a good fight is one that you win. We're understanding that. It's a fight that you win. And, and so what else could we say about the good fight of faith? Maybe as I just began talking, you you thought about your most recent fight and you thought about a person or a circumstance. Well, we're going to see a little bit later that it's not a fight against flesh and blood. It can't be. The fight of faith is not a fight against a circumstance, a boss, a situation but it is a fight that is spiritual. In fact, you know, if, if we could meet the worst person, say it was a murderer, an abuser, a horrible person, a thief, and a liar. you Get that person saved, filled with the Spirit, and following the things of God, and they become so gentle and kind. Is it true? Have you ever known someone? They're not the same person they were before they came to know Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're thinking of yourself. So it's not a fight against people, and even the worst conflict you're thinking of, it's not them and fact- but the deal is people, even Christians, can be used by the enemy they can be they they can yield to wrong spirits it's it's trickery they can yield to wrong spirits and don't even know it um they can get carnal and natural in their thinking, and so we want to know how we can stay in the fight and recognize what we're fighting against. And really, the fight is a fight of faith, a fight to keep the faith in every situation. So Paul says, I fought the good fight. And then he says, I finished the race today. If we said, you know what? The chapel is going to, we're going to do a 5K. My, my daughter-in-law, May, would be like, yay. She'd be jumping. Yay. Well, she's pregnant. And I would say, sit down. But she loves to run. If we were going to do the 5K, you know, and and it's going to be for a great cause, what some of you sitting there are are thinking is, oh, I've got to get my workout clothes. Or you might think, oh, I've got this app. I saw this app, and I can just figure out how to get ready. You know, it's going to do all the training and and help me track things, and so that's what I'm going to do. You plan. Starting the race is so fun because everybody's fresh. They probably went to bed early the night before, and so they're ready. Starting the race is one thing. Paul says this at the end of his life, I have finished the race. Are are you a finisher? I know we can start. Are you a finisher? Don't quit. wherever you are in this race called life, don't quit. That's all it takes not to be uh, a finisher. It's just to quit. So what you want to do is you want to be a finisher I fought a good fight. I finished the race. And here is a point I want to land on today about keeping our faith. He says, I have kept the faith. I've kept the faith. Is there something trying to take your faith? One of my favorite, um, well, my most recent favorite, I guess I've got a lot of favorites. That a series that John taught on was he taught a quite a lengthy series on the sower sows the word, Mark four. And if you remember some of the the things that we learned about that parable, Jesus said, if you don't Grasp the meaning of this parable, how can you grasp the meaning of any of the others? So it's a key parable. And the thought that's presented out of Mark 4 is that the word goes forth... The sower sows the word, so they hear, you know, you all, doing, you're doing that today. You're sowing your own faith life by coming to church and hearing the word preached. So the sower sows the word, and then it talks about the four kinds of soil, um, you know, the, the different types of soil and whether they're receptive. But one thing, other thing that is, is key about the Mark 4 principle is that when the word of the Lord goes forth, Jesus said, Satan, he calls him out. He doesn't say, you know, A circumstance, a negative circumstance, um, uh, something really bad comes to steal the word. No, he says, Satan comes to steal the word that was sown in the heart of the sower. So, the enemy, is there something trying to steal your faith? The truth is yes. The fact is, we don't often know the subtlety of that. So... Is something trying to take your faith? Yes, the enemy wants to take your your faith. Wants to take the seed of the word sown in your life. Because here, here, here is the nutshell: no word, no faith. Now we might not like that. We might say, "Well, you know, I, I've got a little bit of faith," or I've, "I've got, you know, I'm not really. I haven't read my Bible in a few days." But I mean, I am filled with faith. We wouldn't say of some someone, or maybe even our, ourselves, in a circumstance. I remember the day that so and so. Uh, fell away from the faith. They were the strongest that they'd ever been. They were attending church every week. They were praying two hours a day and they fell into horrible sin. It doesn't happen that way. Now the enemy wants us to think, well, you just never know. You just never know what causes things to happen. But there are roots and there are reasons uh, behind strong faith and they are not accidental. So, this is another thing I'd like, you, I'd like to point out. First Timothy 4, 1 says, Some will depart from the faith. So you can, actually the enemy can take the word seed. Now, if you don't let him take the word seed, your faith is growing. Is that good news? So don't let him get the word seed. Whenever there's a thought that comes to your mind, Well, I don't know if that's true. Does Jesus still heal today? You refute that. I know Jesus is my healer. So you refute it the first time you hear it and just just uproot any negative thought that might take root to, to cause weeds to grow up and choke out the word. So Paul said some will depart from the faith. I know people who have left the faith. They're not following the Lord today. They used to be sitting right there, and they're not here today. Some will depart from the faith. We need to hear that because, you know, Paul was talking to a group of Christians when he said that. Some will depart from the faith. You, if you've been in church very long, you could look on either side of you and remember people that used to be there that are not there today. So we don't want to sugarcoat things. Some depart from the faith. But that doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be me. But you and I are going to have to be on the ready, and we are going to have to be alert. Because there's an enemy that roars, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Whom? He has to look for whom he can devour. He may not devour me, but we have to decide, you know. We have to decide, no, he's not going to devour me. He's not taking the faith from my life. So, yes, our faith can be stolen by the enemy if we allow doubt, fear. Um, sometimes this can even be um, just an idea that God doesn't love me, just that resonating on the inside inside. I don't, God doesn't love me. I've done this, that, and the other. He doesn't love me. I know. He he loves me, but not as much as he loves them. Those are lies, and we have to be aware of those thoughts that fly through our head on a regular basis. Let's look at Ephesians 6. We're going to look at Ephesians 6.10, and then we're going to talk about an example that we see in Scripture um, of temptation, because uh, here's the great temptation, everybody, the great temptation across mankind is to not believe what God says about a situation, about you, about your circumstance. It's, that's, that's the fight. That's the fight of faith, me keeping my stance of belief. So Ephesians 10 says this, my brethren, so once again, I always like to know, who's this, who's being addressed here? Because Christians can think they're stronger than they really are. Uh, I can handle that. I'm just going to look over there for a minute. I've got to know what's out there in the world, don't I? And so they're looking, and then they, they look, and then they look. I've been saved for all these years. I can, I can handle that. I'm just going to, you know, I'm at the water cooler. I'm going to listen to those jokes because i i don't want to think i'm not cool after all i can i can handle this finally my brethren finally you christians finally Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Do you see that word wiles? It means trickery. We've read that and we may have said so. You may be able to stand against the power of the devil. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that the power of the devil. I don't want you to leave here today because we're going to be talking a lot about him, the devil. And, you know, Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. We're going to talk a little bit about the devil today because there's a real entity. Otherwise, let's just skip through the tulips for the rest of our lives. We don't have anything to worry about. And skirt on into the gates of heaven. So we want to be realistic and have a solid faith and understand what it takes to keep the faith. The wiles of the devil are trickeries. And, you know, if you're tripped up and you're tricked in a situation... You didn't intend for that to happen. You, had, you may not have had any idea that it was coming your way. Have you ever had someone trick you into something, and you look back and you think, how could I have been so stupid, or why did I think like that? Trickery. Any of us can be tricked and fooled. So um, it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Remember how we talked about that a minute ago? We don't wrestle against people, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, I want to just skip down a little bit, and I want to go to verse 16. I'm not going to teach on the armor of God today. Um, that may be for a future series. I don't know. John's done a series on the armor of God before, so I don't want to go there. But I want to talk about there are the things that are listed, right? The belt of truth. We've got to be solid in truth. Um, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of peace, helmet of salvation. But I want to look at verse 16 that says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Would you look at that with me, please? It says, above all. So, with all of those other things in the, the shield uh, or in the armor, the, the, the sword of the spirit's mentioned a little later. Um, the sword of the spirit would be an offensive tool, right? So, you have that offensive. Um, and I, how, how important. We sang about some of those things today the offensive tool of the spoken word of God. But when you're in a, a battle situation, if you have the offense, if you can have the greatest offense, weapons, but if you don't have a defense, if you have not prepared for, by by, by the, um, what was it, a fortress? A fortress, if there's not a fortress, if there's not a shield, the shield of faith, the Word of God says, above all, above all those things in the in the armor, above all of those things, excuse me, Yes, in the armor of God. Above all of those things, the the helmet of salvation, all of those protections, above all, the shield of faith. There is a priority there. Why? Because with it, you will be able to extinguish or quench all, say all, all the fiery darts of the evil one. So this just is an understood uh, and, and there's understanding in this passage that there are fiery darts aiming your way. For us to say, oh, well, the enemy doesn't bother me anymore. I've been saved for 40 years. Be careful. Uh, you know what? I haven't been tempted in so long. Be careful. You and I, as Christians, must keep the faith. We have to protect. Here we see in this passage an understanding that there's a protection. Your faith is your protection. Your faith, there's, there's specific areas of your faith that you want to work on at different times in your life, right? Hopefully, you're not working on your salvation anymore. If you have asked Jesus into your heart, that's a done deal. He doesn't leave you. Now, we talked a minute ago about some can leave the faith. You could leave him. He's not going to push and force himself into your life. You could leave him. But he's not going to leave you. But there are some things that you've got to be careful of where your faith is concerned because your faith is your protection. It's protection. You can extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one. How? Just by being a good Christian. Just by having positive thoughts. Faith is not the same as positive thought. Faith is rooted in principles that you know in God's Word. If you are having money struggles today... You you need to get into the Word of God. You don't have to find 50 scriptures on money, but you do need three. You do need two. You do need one or two, right? You do need a few principles on money. So let's don't blank in statement faith. I have faith because I'm saved. No. Otherwise, these other passages, why would Paul waste pen and ink would it be pen and ink back then? Why would he raise some kind of pen and ink, charcoal? Why would he Why would he waste his time and energy telling us how to keep the faith if there was just no problems once you got saved? But the enemy wants you to think that. He wants you to think, you know what? You're in the fold. You're in the Garden of Eden. You're, you're good. And that's where the trickery comes in. I want you to think with me um, about Adam and Eve. We're going to go back to very first because nothing's really changed. Human nature does not change. Culture changes. Things look different than they did, uh, you know, back when they were wearing fig leaves. But human nature doesn't change, and that's what we're going to dissect today. So Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. You know, they're in this perfect surrounding. I'm talking to you as Christians. Listen to me today. They were in a great surrounding. They had never seen sin. They didn't know the effects of sin. The Bible tells us that God would walk with them in the cool of the day. I think that would be early morning. Could have been in the evening. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, you know, I... I, I read my Bible some. Well, I'm not really on a reading plan right now, but I, I do. And by the way, I, I, I listen to music going down the road, but and then sometimes I turn it to KLTY or whatever, whatever faith thing. You know, sometimes I listen to this or that. I want to talk to you today. I want you to think about that. Hours your logging of passive time that you could be keeping and growing and protecting your faith? Because with that, faith is a protection for your life. It's a protection for your family. Faith is a protection for you. So listen, God placed Adam and Eve in the garden. and may, I, I just had this thought, and I want to clarify, because you may have been thinking this as I, I got started. Yeah, you know, I've always wondered why God created the devil because we're going to get to that in a minute, you know, when we talk about Adam and Eve. He didn't. He didn't create the devil. He created an archangel, the most beautiful, that would be in his presence as a worshiper. And he was in heaven, and even he got tripped up. Why? Because we have a precious, precious gift, and that is free will. You know, you, you may have even had this thought before. I just wish that God would make me do the right thing. He's not going to. Because there's no real relationship without free will. He created you with a free will. So we've got to be careful and recognize that a, there's an enemy that knows you have the power of choice. Wh- what then is the root of many choices we make? Desire. Desire. Desire So maybe you've, you've got family members, you're thinking, I just wish God would make them do this or that. He's not going to because that's where their desire is. Now, you could pray certain things, couldn't you? God, give them a heart to love you. There's passages to back that up. That up. I believe it was Jeremiah that, that spoke over, uh, as he was prophesying over the nation of Israel and said, take away their stony hearts and give them hearts of flesh. You could pray that. But we want to we wanna recognize, you know, sometimes it can free us up to know that God's not going to walk over someone's desire. Maybe you're thinking, why hasn't this or that happened in my life? What do they want? What do they truly want? Key thing here. What's the root of oftentimes getting off into sin. Um, I just thought of this passage, and I think it's in 1 Corinthians 10, but I'm not sure it might be uh, another place in one of the Corinthians. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. If you're sitting here today and you're thinking, wow, I hope she gets to this part, you know, really quick, because, I mean, there's been some temptation stuff that I've been dealing with, and she would have no idea. In fact, none of these people, What I'm dealing with, they don't know. The stuff I've been through. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. You're not a special case. Is that comforting for anybody? I mean, what if we actually thought, what if one of you today, and we could actually qualify that and say, oh, no, no, now this one. mm -hmm. They've had the major, the major one, the big one. I don't know how God's going to help all that. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But with that temptation, he will make a way of escape. Listen, Adam and Eve didn't have to fall. Now don't go looking them up when we get to heaven, telling them all this and that, blaming them. But they didn't have to fall. And here, here's the deal. You don't either. But you do have to keep the faith. You do have to keep the faith, and so let's look. Let's look right here together. Adam and Eve, well, it's not in your, it's your Bible. It's in my notes. Um, so I, let me look right here and tell you what I, what I have um, studied out this week. Adam and Eve walked and talked with God in the cool of the day. They were tight. Adam and Eve and God. So they were walking with him and talking with him. I don't know what time of day. If it was the cool of the day, let's say morning. I don't know what time of the day the enemy came. But we we find in Scripture that the enemy came and he he began to, he presented himself in conversation. He presented himself with a thought. Hey, Eve. Sometimes I think maybe he might have said, you're looking good today. Because sometimes, you know, whatever our weakness is, is where the the enemy comes. And her husband had already said, whoa, when he saw her. So who knows? Maybe, maybe there was this, hey, Eve, maybe some kind of compliment. But whatever it was, she began to listen. I, I want us to see ourselves. I want us to see ourselves. Listen, God had placed them in a perfect setting. He walked and talked with them. You and I need to guard our faith. So God had given them a specific word. He probably talked to them about a lot of things. I wonder what God and Adam and Eve talked about. Listen, they were not, they were not people that were uh, uh, cave people. They're not talking in uggs and grunts, ugh, ugh, These were brilliant people. That walked and talked with God. How smart would you be if you walked and talked with God every day? Brilliant people. Evolution has would be totally opposite to this, that we're getting better and better. Ladies and gentlemen, the first man and woman were perfection in every way. So here they are in the Garden of Eden, and the enemy comes and he begins to talk to Eve. And what does he do? First of all, he questions God's character. Did God really say you can't eat of this tree? And so he begins to just kind of have a a conversation. And what's it over? Homosexuality, adultery, it's over a snack. Hear me. He's subtle. Now, we can all say, Adam and Eve, how dumb. Listen, human nature doesn't change. I'm talking to you about keeping the faith, and there's got to be a guard up. You know, you might say, I was raised on the front seat of the church. Yay. Where are you today? <laughs> Maybe you would say, I never miss a Sunday or whatever. Guys, we have got to be careful. I'm saying this for your protection, for my protection. We must, we must guard our faith. We've got to keep the faith. So, Adam and Eve, here they are. He questions God's character. Did God really say that? And did he really mean that? You know, he thinks he's really big anyway, and he's really just afraid you're going to be as smart as he is. He appealed to something within her, her desire, which is not bad, for knowledge. That's okay but he appealed to that in such a way that she wanted something that she was not willing to allow God to get that to her in due time. Do you think God would have answered questions that Eve might have said, you know, there was an enemy here. There was an imposter here in the garden. And he said, if she would asked the Lord about that, do you think he would have given her light that she needed? But the enemy wanted to make it sound like God's holding out on you. So he, pos- he poses a question about God, and then here's the other thing. He minimizes the effects of a simple snack. What is it, ladies and gentlemen? I'm talking to believers today. What is it in your life? What did your, what did your week, just go back to the last week, what did it look like in the morning? Are you spending your time with the Lord? Keeping the faith. What about that passive time when you're going down the road? What are you putting in? You see, faith comes by hearing, and it comes through the eye gate. It comes through the ear gate. And it goes down into your heart and begins to build a fortress. The enemy does not want you to think that. He wants you to say, you know, just because you did that or you listened to that. He may say something like, you're not going to hell. Well, that's, that, that could very well be true. Absolutely. You are, your, your salvation is not that easy to lose. But I'm not really talking about faith for salvation. I'm talking about faith to live in victory. I do not want to be so beat up. You you saw Paul's words, I fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I ran the race. That's what I want to be, but that's not a passive person. That's not someone that says, he wasn't on the beach, right? The man was in prison. We know that he gave his life at the end. I have kept the faith. So Adam and Eve, let's go back to them. What was their original mistake? Dangerous thoughts. They, they don't seem dangerous, you know, because they don't, you don't feel pain. In fact, you might feel a sensation of pleasure. Knowledge has, has and learning has a great sense of reward in the natural. God created you that way. But it depends on where you get your knowledge. It really matters the slant on the truth that you hear. We've got to be careful about the forces that are coming into our life. And the enemy is a tricker. He's not powerful, but he is a tricker. And so all he has to do is find ways to trip you up. And so those thoughts can be, as Eve's were in this situation, thoughts against God. Thoughts that he's not, not who he says he is. Lies about God. You see, the enemy is an accuser. And he'll say, look at this. Just look at it. Just look at it. You need to be careful what... Comes into your eye gate and into your ear gate. I'm talking about, again, g- guys, listen to me. I-, I watched a movie last night with my husband at our house. I'm not talking to you about about everything out there is going to steal your salvation. This is not about salvation. It is about keeping your faith and being strong. You are only as strong as your faith is, and you're only you're, you're either feeding your faith or it could be deteriorating. If you're letting it go from Sunday to Sunday. So what are some things that the enemy does with us? He's not showing us, right, the, the whole snack thing. But what, what's he doing in our lives? That he'll say, that's harmless. Here are some things that you, you want to be aware of. He's underestimating. He, he wants you to underestimate the power of subtle things in your life. And then he wants you to overestimate your own strength. He might even say things to you like, you're you're so much more spiritual than her. Boy, you know, you'll talk to some Christian and you get off the phone. You might even hear a, a little something. The enemy is a tricker. Oh, too bad she's not as strong as you. Too bad he called for prayer. Well, my goodness, you're so strong. That's why they called for prayer. Or you pray for someone and they get healed and you say to yourself, look at that. I laid hands on them. Where does healing come from? Every time, where does it come from? Jesus is the healer. I'm not. You're not. Now, we do have to extend the faith and be a conduit in that area. Here are some things that we've got to be careful of. Depression. You see, the enemy wants to, to get us in a place. Depression is an attack of the enemy. You can have depressing thoughts. You know, temptation is, It comes with thoughts. Don't feel bad when you get tempted to do something. That's not the problem. It's when you yield. And with the thought process, that happens over and over. And pretty soon, pretty soon there's a stronghold that's been built up in the mind. Depression is one of those things. And here's what the enemy will say. Well, you deserve to be pressed after what they did to you. See, why do we, why do we not shut that off? Because we like it. See, remember what I talked about desire? Why don't we just shut that off? I will not be depressed because we like it. Because the other voice says, Anybody knew what you were going through, well they would you know he just says all manner of things. Lies, 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 lies. And what do they what do they cause? What's the cause? What's the root? What's the goal of the enemy? To make you weak. Self-pity. Self-pity is one of the biggest problems. It's a big issue where your faith is concerned. Do not let self-pity foster and and grow in your mind and your thoughts thoughts of self-pity are extremely dangerous you know what that's what many I I work with many many homeless and the root of homelessness is self-pity self-pity it's one of the major roots of poverty self-pity I can't I, I I don't it's concentrating on what I don't have what I can't do and who I'm not what about feelings feelings are a huge place that the enemy can work and play in your mind and go undetected. Now, he can't read your mind, but he can read your actions and see if you're, if you're entertaining that thought. He can, he can watch what you say. Oftentimes, you can determine your level of faith by what's coming out your own mouth in conversation to others. Not at church. No. During the week. Self-pity. Shame. Those are fiery darts of the enemy. Did Adam and Eve know there were fiery darts coming at them that day? They did not. And oftentimes you will not recognize them either unless we stay in the Word and we stay in truth and we recognize, recognize truth versus lies in our lives. So I, I want to mention one more: accusations. We see this happened in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve accused, um, Satan accused God to Adam and Eve, and then later we see accusations going on between the two of them. Accusations. He's an accuser. He will accuse you to you, and he will accuse you to them. And did you know, if you have a thought that comes to you about your brother or your sister in the church, listen to this. Chances are they've got that about someone else. So what do you want to do? You want to stop right then and say, I love them. I love them. And then take an action step. I'm going over there. And let's see, let's see. Do I want to pay for their lunch? Action always trumps all this stuff going on in our heads. You know? And then the enemy will leave us alone after a while. Oh, look at you. You're not, you can't help anybody. You're so poor and broken yourself. You know what? I'm getting an extra spot this week. I'm doing Extra trumping those lies of the enemy with action. Faith without action is not really faith at all. So when those accusations come your way in the coming week, you'll know exactly what to do about them. You'll know where they come from. When there's thoughts of of self-pity, thoughts of what you have not accomplished, what you can't do, who you're not, and what you don't have, those are lies of the enemy. You know where to get that stuff, don't you? You have a father that loves you. You have a father that loves you and he's rich, rich, rich. So the problem oftentimes is a reception problem. We can't receive from God because we just, maybe we, we don't know how to receive. Maybe, we, maybe we've never used his word to comfort our hearts to speak it and say it over our lives so there's an assurance. It goes from here to here. God, you are going to watch. You are going to care over me. You are good. You you and I in this week, what are we going to do? What are we going to do, guys? We're going to grow our faith. We're going to develop in our faith. We're going to keep the faith. We're going to keep what God has given to us. It's precious. Your faith is precious. Don't think that the, the things around you are just... You know, you know, this doesn't matter and that doesn't matter. Be very, very aware of a tricker, of an enemy that wants to steal your faith bit by bit by bit. He wants to break godly connections in your life. People that have loved you all your life. People that, that are committed to you. He wants to accuse and lie and break those connections so that you're left alone and vulnerable. Not us, right? Not us, not us. Uh, Let's pray. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Father, I just thank you so much for the light of your word. There's safety and protection in the faith house. There's safety and protection in our faith. And so, Lord, I thank you that you have given us what we need to come against every fiery dart of the evil one every thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, you have given us the power over those things. So I thank you for it. Now, Lord, I'm asking you that you would just make us more aware and more sensitive. I pray today for a sensitivity in this house. If you're here today, If you just speak that out to him, Lord, make me sensitive. Right where you are. If you mean that, make me sensitive. Make me sensitive. Lord, make us sensitive to the heart of God. Sensitive when you're speaking to us. Don't do that. Hey, come over here. Listen to this. You don't want to listen to that. Your spirit is speaking to us. May we be sensitive. May we foster sensitivity. I pray that we would be such a spiritual people. People of faith, people of the spirit, aware of spiritual things so that we can be protected, so we can keep the faith, so that we can bring honor and glory to you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.